Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 96th episode of the podcast. We get a chance to talk to John Fitzpatrick. John Fitzpatrick is the current assistant athletic director and head baseball coach at Indianola High School in Indianola, Iowa. He's starting his second season. Before he got to the program, they were below 500, and since then, they were 30-11 last year. Looking to, again, build on the culture that he's setting there at Indianola. Before Indianola, he was the head coach at Martinsdale St. Mary's. And it is a public school, something we uh, joked about and talked about. Uh, but for people that, you know, you might have heard that Martinsdale St. Mary's, they were really known for the national record at the time for winning 88 straight games. Uh, he was an assistant coach at that time. He spent 12 years at Martinsdale, 10 years as the head coach, uh, two years uh, as an assistant to Justin Deemer when they won the 88-game winning streak. Uh, pretty special. And of the 10 years that he was the head coach, he spent nine out of the 10 years at the state championship. They were state finalists nine out of 10 times in Iowa. He is also a mental performance coach where he works with, he's worked with college teams, he worked with multiple high school teams in multiple sports. He provides one-on-one coaching with athletes. He's the author of Don't Shoot the Young Buck, Living in the Present Moment. He continues to do that, so you can check him out at CoachJohnFitzpatrick.com. Sorry, www.CoachFitzpatrick.com. And you can learn more about him here. But today we get a chance to talk about uh, how he is building that, building the culture uh, at, at Indianola. Um, talking about post-career reports, talking about a lot of mental game stuff, and how he's incorporating the mental game into practice, right? A lot of guys even say, like, how do I practice self-control? How do I practice, you know, being in control of myself? How do I practice the mental game? And so we get over, he gets a lot of tangible things, talks about the language that he speaks, how things um, you can do during practice. And really just a daily practice that he's involved with the mental game. So want to get a chance to talk to him. Uh, it was a great chance. Uh, got a chance to meet him at the ABCA this year. Along with our guys at Netting Pros. Again, I just want to thank those guys. Uh, Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting Professionals specialize in the design, fabrication, installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital wall Padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting professionals continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all those latest products and projects. So again, it was great seeing Will Miner, all those guys at Netting Pros at the ABCA, and fortunate to meet Coach Fitzpatrick at the ABCA. And that's just one of the great things about the ABCA and the networking part of it, getting to meet guys who are just as passionate as you are and getting to learn from them. So looking forward to it. I know you guys will as well. Here he is, Coach John Fitzpatrick from Indianola High School. So I first started coaching right out of out of college. I was actually still in college. Um, so in Iowa, our actual high school season is during the summer. Mm-hmm. And so I was still playing my junior year in college. And 
you know, what, what am I going to do, uh, in, you know, in the summer? And I see that there's an opening at a, at a small 1A school called Martinsdale St. Mary's. And I apply because it's like 10 minutes from where I'm going to college. And I get an interview, I ended up, ended up getting the job. And I know absolutely nothing about the school, right? It's, uh, it's like three hours away from where I went to high school. Um, you know, they were, you know, like 19 and 12 the year before, um, and just like, okay, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get, get ready. In a, in a, you know, the first time, um, I get, get the call, get the interview and, and the head coach, uh, a guy by the name of Justin Deemer, um, like, Hey, do you want to, you want to come over on the weekend? Uh, you know, and I'm, you don't have games and we'll just kind of talk about practice plans and, and, and et cetera. Sure. You know, I'll go over to your house and he starts going over, you know, practice plans. He starts diving into the mental game. And my mind was completely blown because uh, I had never heard of it. Right. I am now a junior in college, played in high school, three years in college at this point, had never heard any of the mental game stuff. And I mean, I am just like swimming in the information he's given me in two hours um, about the charts that they're keeping and how they go through routines and et cetera. And, you know, he keeps bringing up a guy by the name of Brian Kane. And this is like 2009 at this time. Obviously, I'd never heard of Brian Kane, but my interest is immediately sparked. And, you know, so I start trying to find any book, any article Brian Kane has online, and I am just all in and I'm trying to absorb all of this. So, you know, over the next two years, um, I am able to to coach with Justin Deemer, um, and and we have some some crazy success. Um, you know, go undefeated, win a state title, end up being a part of an 88 game win streak, uh, which was a national record at the time, and and I mean, obviously, we had really really nice players, um, but the mental game is definitely a separator, right? When the closer you get to that state championship. Um, the the more the teams are are equal um in that mental game and being cool under pressure um you know, definitely helped in some of those situations so um so i had a couple of years to be able to coach with with justin and you know he he ultimately ended up you know creating one pitch warrior and was it was pretty cool because i would go with him when he was first starting going to to different clinics like i would travel with him and and listen to him speak and and just know the impact that um, that I felt, you know, a couple of years previous to that, um, he was making that same impact on other coaches. And and sometimes maybe they had heard a little bit about the mental game, but you know, he was really able to deliver it in a manner of here's how you can actually implement the mental game, and and just continue to to get better. So you know, when I became a head coach myself. Uh, I I took all of it. Right. And then just continue to dive into Brian Kane's work um, and and really get better. So, you know, over those next, you know, 2009 to 2015, 16, you know, I was able to hear Brian speak live a couple more times. And if you've ever listened to him live, it is it's pretty awesome. Right. I mean, he absolutely brings the energy um, and, and you just get so much out of it. So. Um, it was like 2017. Uh, I went to a, a total immersion experience down in at, at Kane, uh, Kane's place in Phoenix. And 
I mean, that is, that is just something completely, I'm going to say life-changing, um, just to be able to spend that much time, you know, with him and learn directly from him, ask him any questions. Uh, there, there was nothing that was, that was off the table and be able to bring that back, kind of mold it into to something, not only for my program, not only for my, you know, my, my work as now an assistant athletic director, so I can help other programs, but ultimately turn this into, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick mental performance to, to help others, right? Um, just knowing the impact that it had on myself as a coach, as it's had on, on others. Um, so then actually right before, um, obviously COVID was a thing before it kind of became nationally, but like right before COVID, I went down and and spent another, um, you know, four or five days with, with Brian Kane. Um, and it just kind of re-solidified all of the, the mental performance work um, that, that I was doing. And uh, I learned from him. So, you know, I, I guess to uh, kind of answer your question, I mean, 2009 was really the first time I had heard of, of Brian Kane. Um, so over the last, you know, 13 years, just continuing to, to try to dive into to his work and um, kind of seeing the way that he's molded it and, and, and gotten better. And um, you know, definitely has helped me as well. You mentioned about Justin Zimmer and the Pragma practice plans, right? And like, and then how you dive into that within the mental game as you talk about the practice plans. So, uh, cause I think that's what a lot of guys say, like, you know, how can we incorporate that? So like, how are you incorporating that into your practice plan? Yeah, you know, that's definitely molded over the years as well. Um, so what I what I currently do now is um, we will do not not we we do not actually get into a classroom, right? It is nice out. So we we will do uh, I call it a mental minute. Um, usually it takes about five minutes. Um, but we have a um, a topic that we're going to talk about before. before and um, it could be something that was affected over the last week or you know i do have some like scripted things out you know stories that could connect i mean anything you possibly think of um to get those kids thinking about it um and, and the best thing about those mental minutes is kind of go back to this idea of awareness strategy and action right um kids coaches adults a lot of times they're just not aware of the situation right? They're not aware of their poor body language when they strike out. They're not aware of, of how they respond to adversity. But let's, let's get them to be aware of themselves, then provide them some strategies, which would be um, like the routines, right? Routines that we're going to be able to place within a game. Um, and then ultimately help them put it into action. And then hopefully we can, we can get those in game. So we'll kind of do that before practice. And then we build in routines within practice, uh, whether that's how to walk up to the plate with big body language. Uh, maybe we're practicing um, green lights, yellow lights um, when we're hitting, right? So we'll take swings and you're in a green light, regardless of the outcome of your swing. Um, things, are, things are really good. Third swing, you need to practice your yellow light routine, right? So you'll step out, you'll do something physical, you'll take that deep breath, and then we'll get back into the box, right? Um, and then, and then the, the fourth swing, you know, your round is done. And then we're going to, we're going to walk off the, the batter's box with a big body language. Um, we'll actually practice striking out, right? So what to do other than, 
slamming your helmet or swearing or throwing the bat, you know, like whatever. I mean, things that you do see um, other teams do, right? Um, but let's practice those things. Let's make them be aware of what we what we need to do when we get back into the dugout um, and what does that look like? So building some of that adversity within practice, um, get them ready for for games. And then at the end of practice, um, we'll journal and we'll talk, uh, we'll either do a, a well, better how uh, for themselves. Um, sometimes maybe we'll just talk about it as a team or a, a start, stop, continue, um, you know, and, and just get them to, to reflect upon, um, you know, the, the practice um, themselves, the team, um, and, you know, what's, what's something that we can do to get better. Uh, and a lot of time those, those conversations, um, you know, spark something um, that, that can get us better at coaches as well. Because I, I remember Brian bringing that out here at the ABCA was the well, better how. And you said, I'll do that. Or the start, stop, continue. What do you like the difference between the two of them? Like when, when will you choose to do well, better how and not start, start stop, continue or vice versa? Yeah, I, I like the, I like well, better how, um, like on a weekly setting. Um, so this would be like a, a Sunday night. You know, we typically, people typically are kind of, have, have Sunday nights for themselves, right? Typically, not a, not a ton going on. So, kind of reflecting upon the the week. Um, you know, what did I do well over this last week? What could I do better? How am I going to do that better? That piece of how am I going to do it better can help kickstart your next 168 hours, right? Can help kickstart that next week, and and then really being able to incorporate that how over the next week, right? So if we're thinking about this in baseball sense for our kids and, you know, what's, what's something I'm doing well, um, you know, I'm, I'm hitting fastballs into gaps, whatever, right? Um, what do I need to do better? Well, I need to be able to sit back on a curveball and, and hit it into the right center field. Yeah. Well, how am I going to do that? I'm going to take X amount of you know, swings off of, off the hack attack, um, you know, daily. Okay. Well, there's my how. So now let's incorporate that every single day. Right. So then at the end of every day, you know, did I do it? Yes or no. Right. It's a pretty, pretty simple. Um, so they, they can kind of take a little bit of ownership in their own, own work as well. I like that start, stop, continue. Um, I like it post game, um, because it's just something quick, right. Um, and it's a good discussion. What's something that we need to start doing to get us closer um, to, to make sure we're playing our best at the end of the season when it matters the most. And, you know, an example, what, what do we need to start doing? Uh, we need to start reading dirt balls better, right? Um, what do we need to stop doing? Um, we need to stop taking oh, oh fastballs down the middle. I'm making stuff up, right? Um, and what do we need to continue doing? We need to continue being um, really aggressive on, uh, on the bases, you know, something on those lines. And a lot of times just being able to pose that question to kids, um, and just kind of see if, is what they're thinking, does that align with what I'm thinking? And if it does on any three of those, um, great, you know, okay, that makes sense. We're good. And if it differs, then, then we have a couple of things to work on, uh, in a couple of different areas that we can improve on. So, um, you know, those are once again, really good kind of conversation starters. That's great. I, I even think it's good to just even have a, um, just a process for like, even after like 
post game again there's always a people are saying do you you know have a post game speech or not but at least this is a simple little process everybody kind of knows what they need so yeah we're going to state the obvious and then but we can see again like you said i think you hit it uh, it was nice you said that are the kids in alignment with what we feel like we didn't do well for sure yep and a lot of times i mean i know we'll play some teams and they're talking down the line for like 25 30 minutes and it I, I just don't, and, and not to say it's right or wrong, but, you know, post-game, kids know how they played. They know how we played. Um, that's not time for me to get on a soapbox or anything, right? So this allows something smaller. And then if I if I do talk, you know, post-game, um, if I'm going to bring anything up, it's going to be talking about our ape, right, our attitude, um, our perspective, and our, our energy and effort. And, you know, did we do it really well? We lack it. Could we get better in one of those areas, right? What are those things that we can control? Um, and if it's an outcome thing, it's okay. Like, well, we're not going to harp on that and just kind of move forward. So um, definitely, definitely helps conversations though. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, when you said you give them the journal, so like, like, would there be their like individual journal? Like they just need to share it. They need to like go start, stop, continue. Like they might just do that for themselves. Correct. Yep. Yep. And a lot of times, you know, some kids don't want to talk, right? The, the thing I like about journaling is we talk about, you know, becoming Superman when you get into um, baseball, when you get there, right? You need to be able to uh, be Clark Kent and change into Superman. Forget everything that happened before. Forget the argument that happened with your girlfriend. Forget the test you failed. Forget all the stuff that, that just happened or stuff that's going to happen in the future. Become Clark Kent. Now you're Superman, right? You put on the cleats. You're Superman for the next two, three hours, whatever it is, right? You're a baseball player. And then what journaling allows us to do is it allows us to go from Superman back into Clark Kent, right? Because what I tell them is if we have a game during the summer, regardless of how it went, right? Your girlfriend really doesn't care. <laughs> like she doesn't care. You went four for four with four bomb. She doesn't care, right? You went over four for four strikeouts. She probably doesn't care, right? Like, so when you leave the field, journaling allow, uh, at least allows them to air out all their grievances, right? And just write things down and then we'll pick it up tomorrow and we'll get better at it. But once you leave the baseball field, leave it, right? You're no longer baseball player, right? You are now boyfriend. You are now um, son. You are now brother. You know, whatever it happens to be like, go be that, Um and, and just kind of leave everything. So at least this gives them a chance to, to write it down, kind of clear their mind a little bit, and then hopefully, you know, come back tomorrow with a, with a, you know, renewed sense. Yeah. I like that. I like how you said, because we talk about becoming Superman when we get on the field, but I think that was a really good statement of, we have to turn back into Clark Kent when we're done. Uh, I think that is definitely a missed piece. It's almost like, uh, you know, everybody does, arm care before but they don't do arm care when we're done <laughs> we, yeah, don't yeah, about, yeah. we don't think about the recovery you know and uh i think that's yeah. a pretty big piece you know it's something that's not even talked about you know it's turning to sure man you know like let's also leave it and so we can get some rest and like you said we have uh because we're going to be that person longer much longer than we are going to be the baseball player uh, baseball player so for sure 100 that's, that's really cool how you said that and i think that that was very valuable in the second half of that that's great um 
so you dive, like dive into like a little bit of the ape. Like, so what are some telltale signs, you know, you wanted to either highlight certain things or you need to research certain things about your ape. How do you, um, you know, when you want to, when you want to break those things out at the end of the game, when you talk about those, like, what are you looking for? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we, we talk about, you know, what are things within our control, right? And, and I go to ape. Um, it makes it easy for them to, to remember. Um, I'm coaching my, my son's 11U team. They, they know what ape means, right? We'll even have like a, a stuffed monkey in the, in the about, right? It's just, just a reminder. So we have the A, we have our um, uh, appearance. And I'm not talking about like being clean cut and, and shaven, right? Uh, but we're talking about body language. Okay, so what does our body language look like uh, when things are going well, when things aren't going well? Um, and then we have our attitude. Um, just period, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, P, we have our perspective, you know, the way that we're going to look at a certain situation. Uh, you know, that could be like, uh, we got to play the number one ranked team in the state, or hey, we get to play the number one ranked team in the state, right? The way we're going to look at something. And then the process. Um, so we can dive into the process later, but you know, very rarely are we going to take a look at a batting average, right? So a proponent of quality at bats, which I know is is more and more common now, you know, quality innings, hard hit ball percentage, you know, are we doing the little things the right way um, to get us closer to having success? And, um, and then E, our, our energy and effort. So if those are the things that we can control, and there's others, you know, that you could add in there, but if those are the things that we're going to control, I'm not going to give any time um, to things outside our control, right? I'm not going to talk about the umpires. We're not going to talk about, you know, the, the, maybe it was a turf field and it was really good, but it was fast, you know, or a bad grass field that we played on, or, you know, the other team or fans, like we're, we're not going to give that any time and energy um, uh, within there. Um, but to get kids to really understand that, I'll go back to um, signal lights, right? So we have, you're driving a car and it's a green light. What do you do? You go, right? Well, in a, in a baseball game, um, you know, that green light situation was things are going smooth. Everything's going really well. We know that that rarely happens in baseball, right? There's a lot of adversity. Um, so that would be like a yellow light. And when we're driving and we see a yellow light, we have two options. We can pump the brakes and we can slow down or we can speed up to get through that thing. And the same thing happens in baseball, right? Are we just going to speed up and are we going to go through that yellow light when we're facing some adversity um, and let that snowball effect start? Um, or are we going to pump the brakes, establish our routine to get ourselves back in the moment? And obviously the red light, you should stop. If you don't, we're going to crash. We're going to get a ticket, right? So we're trying to avoid guys getting to that, that red light. Um, that's when we're, we got guys swearing, throwing helmets, throwing bats, which um, I'll just kind of laugh to myself because you see other teams do it. And then I'm kind of usually like, Hey, good. You know, like yeah. we've got them where we want them at that point. But, but that, that transition from green light to yellow light, for me, that's where the money is at to really get kids to be aware of when they switch and, and, and what changes in the realm of our body language, our focus and our self-talk. Right. So We'll talk about like, hey, what does your body language look like, right? Our appearance, um, if you will, in the ape. What does our body language look like in a green light situation? And every guy is different, right? Um, you know, maybe it's like their chin. Their chin is up when they have big body language. 
Maybe it's when they're chested out. Um, whatever it happens to be with their body language. Maybe they're giving more high fives. They're more talking, you know, something like that. Well, how does that change um, when adversity hits, right? And I can't remember which MLB player it was, but um, I, we have a former major league player in, uh, in Indianola. His name's Casey Blake, played in the bigs for like 11 or 12 or 13 years. So I've had conversations with him about, about this and about the mental game. And he told me a story and I can't remember what the player it was, but they recognized that as soon as he hit first, if he got out, the first thing that would happen was his chin would drop and he would walk back to the dugout. And so that was like his negative body language. Right. And then you'd kind of like have slumped shoulders, like loose or slim. So they actually like filmed him and they made, made it aware that that's what you're doing. So that from then on, he would hit first and his chin would immediately go up and his chest would go out, right? Like, hey, that's all right. We're going to fail. So getting them to kind of realize, like, when does that switch? And then can we get back into a routine? So we'll take a look at body language. We'll take a look at our focus. Um, you know, if we're focused in a green light, we're focused on this pitch. Um, but the reality of it is a lot of guys are focused on, on the future, right? Hey, we've got three outs till we beat said team or whatever the case is, right? Um, or, hey, I've got an at-bat next inning, and they're getting ready for that at-bat, while, but they're supposed to be playing the field. Um, or we're, we're focused on on the past, which is is usually where we're at. We're focused on that that at-bat we struck out on or lined out to the shortstop or um, anything in the past rather than be in the present. So can we catch ourselves um, not being in the present moment with their focus? And then our self-talk. Um, you know, are we in a green light situation? We are, we are having positive self-talk to ourselves. Um, and then when does that change, right? When does that change to anything negative, um, towards ourselves? Um, you know, I suck or something along those lines. Um, so can we catch ourselves, um, you know, switching from that green light to that yellow light and then implement that routine to get us back at the moment? And, and, and can you explain like, I don't know why it's doing that. Um, like again, how those practice routines look like to uh, maybe enhance those things and to continue to work on them. Yeah, just different routines within practice. Yeah, so like within practice, like so you think about you know self talk. Like is that is that something you're going over the uh, the uh, like I guess in your mental minute uh, is when you're breaking in these things down because uh, I know you just talk about awareness, you know. Strategy action, which is what you're basically just doing. Can we are we aware of when you know what our self talk is like during these things? So, um, you know, and again, uh, just like what, um, strategies like again, the practice of it, you know, like you said, like Demon was so great, like how do we how put these things in practice, you know, say, well, you know, here's how we get better at the mental game for sure. So, yeah, a lot of that is is having those conversations ahead of time. Um, so having them write down, you know, what is their, um, what would be positive self-talk things that, that, um, that they would say to themselves, right? So that is part of a, part of their routine. So if we're in the box, um, we're going to, the last, we're going to take a deep breath on a focal point, right? And then we're going to get in the box and the last thing we're going to do is we're going to have that positive pitch or swing thought, right? So we make guys write those down. Now we use, you know, like a Google form. Um, so we, so we know what they, what they should be saying. Right. So maybe as a pitcher, it's like on the zone or, um, you know, it's a really good, 
um, story on on John Lester um, when he was working with Bob Tewksbury uh, with the with the Cubs, and he would repeat the pitch to himself, right? So you'd see it from the catcher, he'd be on the rubber, and there'd be like fastball in the one zone. So he's saying that to himself, like right, fastball in one, fastball in one zone, and then he'd be able to you know execute because that's like the only thing he's thinking of. Um, but then we would so we would have that positive pitcher swing thought, and then we would also have some like release language. Right. So, um, you know, a guy just he's, he's in the box and he just misses a fastball and, you know, hits it back to the to the to the backstop. You can say something like, hey, get big. Right. There's your trigger, your verbal trigger to take a deep breath. Right. Breathe in greatness. Um, so take a deep breath and let's get locked up into that present moment. Or, hey, so what next pitch? Same thing. Kind of that verbal trigger being able to get in there. Uh, one I like to use is ACE, um, acting changes everything, right? And whatever that verbal trigger is, and it, and it just kind of becomes a common language within the program. Um, another one uh, is good, Jocko Willenick's uh, um, movie or uh, YouTube video, uh, good, right? So we have like a number of these like common languages within the program that all mean the same thing, right? Forget what just happened get locked back into the present moment, right? It's, it's when we're focused on this pitch. So, you know, kind of creating some of that common language for the kids um, to use um, is really beneficial because they'll hear it from, from me in the third base box or from dugout, from teammates, you know, in the dugout. And, um, and, and that part's really beneficial um, to kind of create some of those. And once again, those are, those are taught, right. And whatever, I mean, I gave just said like four or five, you know, different ones. Maybe you have others within your program, um, but kind of find finding something um, to help trigger those guys to understand, like, okay, that's passed, and we're kind of moving on. And I'm thinking of what we mentioned earlier about, like, just uh, this is your second season in Indianola, you know, and how it it really just came from, you know, being under 500, and now, you know, 30-11 last year. And you said it was really just a matter of changing the culture. So, you know, I'm sure these were things that were not talked about uh, and how you came across and wanted to talk about these things. So can you dive into a little bit about, you know, how, how are you able to start these, having these conversations with all these kids that uh, you mentioned the Google form, like just some, uh, some practical things of how you went from guys that never did it now until now becoming, again, like you said, part of the language of the program. For sure. So so Iowa, once again, our, our season is in the summer for high school baseball. Um, so we can actually start with in January. So we do, we actually get four months to work with pitchers and catchers, which I know there's going to be some coaches from other states that are like, you got to be kidding me. Like you get that much time. Um, but we do, right? And during that time is when I started having some of these conversations um, with guys. And starting off really small, and the first things we talked about were our signal lights, okay? And that whole process that we went through earlier, um, kind of developing some of that awareness. And then we started implementing some routines um, within our um, pitcher-catcher stuff. So when do you take a deep breath, right, um, when, when we're getting on the mound? And we would just start practicing um, with, like, shadow bullpens as well. Right, because we're not throwing live bullpens in in January when our first game is until you know mid May. Um, 
So then we can go through some shadow bullpens just to get them used to what does that routine look like and really get them to, um, to kind of try and figure out the, the routine on their own, right? We're giving them a bunch of different options. We'll show them videos of pro guys doing it. Um, but what really gets you comfortable, right? So just getting them to, to kind of mess with, with some of those routines um, at that point. Um, but then we would, I, I go through this, this idea of leadership drives culture, culture drives behavior and behavior gets results. Um, and if you do that really well, it'll come back the other way that once you get those results, right? Um, it's then going to uh, drive the behavior, the behavior will drive the culture and the culture will drive the leadership. So, you know, as I was coming into a new program, um, I wanted to change and not even change. I, I don't want to say like it was a, a negative culture because it, it wasn't, but I wanted the kids to understand that this is not a dictatorship, right? And I don't want it to be a dictatorship. Um, am I going to do things that are different? Absolutely. Um, but I, I, I also want to go from coach fed leadership to player led leadership right? But it's going to take a little bit of a process for us to get there. Um, it, it, I am a different coach than what they had. I am going to run things a little bit different. I do have just different expectations um, coming in. So at the first part, and you know, there's gonna be a lot of stuff that's different, but that leadership is going to um, drive the culture. So that came from me, right? And the culture that I wanted to establish um, was based off of four key principles. And I call them Pete. Um, so the process, okay? And within the process, um, I define this as what you consistently do on a daily basis to give you the best chance for success. So, you know, those guys that came in for off-season stuff uh, for four months, um, we actually had a, a senior who didn't, last one, that didn't get um, much time as a junior and he came out and, and lefty, um, absolutely threw his tail off. He ended up, uh, we were one game away from state last year. Um, he ended up pitching that game against the, the team that got state runner ups. Um, and they had won like three out of the last five state championships. Um, we got beat four, nothing. He pitched his absolute tail off. Um, they didn't have a closer game in the postseason until they, they played in the state championship. And, at one point, it was about halfway through the year, um, he was like, he came up to me and he's like, I now see why we did all that stuff in January and February, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, he started to understand that, okay, the process you have in place, it works, right? Like my arm feels better than it ever has, right? Um, so kind of getting them to understand um, what you do on that daily basis, yeah, it'll definitely help. Um, the first E is enthusiasm. And enthusiasm is that energy, effort, and attitude towards that process, right? And kind of, kind of a slogan. It seems like every year um, a phrase or a slogan sticks. And and last year it was just bring relentless effort and energy. We're going to focus on just those. And if we can bring those night in, night out, when things are going well, when things aren't, um, we can be pretty successful. Just bringing that every single day. And kids did an absolutely amazing job of just buying into, into that. Um, the T is trust. 
So trust yourselves, the work that you've put in. Trust us as coaches, your teammates. Trust your preparation, okay? Because um, there is confidence knowing that you have put in the preparation. And, and once again, that kind of goes back to that process, but the kids started to really understand, like, we, we're ready. We're ready to play ball. Um, and we were definitely playing our best at the end, uh, end of the season. And then excellence. So working to be the best uh, you can be on and off the field. And we'll strive quite a bit for that, right? Um, you know, regardless, you know, if, if you're out in the community and you're wearing Indianola hat, you know, you're representing everyone here, you know, not just yourself. So um, trying to teach them, you, you know, coach, you mentioned earlier that we're going to be, um, you know, a, a person a lot more in our life than we are an athlete, right? So getting them to understand that everything that we talk about, you know, within the mental game, everything we talk about with baseball, um, yes, we, it is in a baseball sense in the present moment, but it goes way beyond the field. Right. And, and really trying to, to develop these guys, you know, wholeheartedly. So, you know, developing that culture, um, you know, leadership drives that culture. We have those core principles. That culture is going to drive our behavior. So something we talk about with our players um, comes from um, Urban Meyer's book. Um, I think it's called Above the Line. And so we'll just talk about there is no, which is kind of funny with what he just did with Jacksonville. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a good principle. It's a good exercise. It does above the line, below the line. There's no gray area, right? So we'll take a look at ourselves within as a person, a student, and a player. And, and what is above the line as a person, right? Um, what is above the line as a student, as a player? Um, and then what is below the line? And there, there is no middle ground. So once again, just kind of get them to understand some of those things. So if a kid shows, if they said as a player above the line is, you know, showing up five minutes early. Okay. So that means below the line is showing up for four minutes and 59 minutes or, or for 59 seconds early. So if they do show up, it's like, that's a simple question to ask them, right? Was that above or below the line? It's below. All right. We've got whatever we have, you know, we got a little running or well, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, so that, that helps drive those behaviors, right. Um, and establish that. And then ultimately, you know, that whole process is going to help us uh, with our results. And, you know, last year, once again, you know, first year, I thought, I thought it was pretty good year, right? 30 and 11. Um, now I'm hoping we can cycle it back through, right? We had some pretty good results last summer. Um, hopefully we can, you know, continue with some of those. Have those results now bleed uh, in, into behaviors and kind of take those behaviors to that next level. Um, and just guys kind of understand the way that they need to um, conduct themselves, right? That's ultimately going to help the culture. And the best thing I had at going at, at Martinsville, St. Mary's, was that culture was now passed down from year to year to year to year. We didn't have to start over. And I'm really looking forward to, to this season. Um, to see as, you know, how established is our culture? How established are those core principles? And, you know, kind of bringing that relentless effort and energy and, and really seeing the process that worked last season, you know, as the story I told our, our lefty, um, you know, how bought in our guys at that point. And then ultimately we can get all the way back to that leadership to, to be player led, right? And, and once again, you know, after... 
after a, a decade at Martinsdale St. Mary's where we had, you know, really, really good success. You know, we averaged over 30 wins a year and, um, you know, made state tournament nine out of 10 years and, um, you know, had that sustained success. That's what was pretty cool was, you know, it did definitely got from the player leg. You know, if there were any issues with, with effort and energy, rarely did it need to come from a coach, right? Um, you know, kids were kind of policing and taking care of things themselves and just knew that, hey, this is, this is what we need to do if we want to be successful. And um, it's pretty cool when you get to that point because um, then things start kind of running on their own. I guess my I, I guess my next thing is coming into because I love the ab- above the line and below the line activity. Um, where are you finding in time? I, I guess just to have everybody's uh, wrap their mind around when are you having that time to talk about the above the line, below the line person, player, student talk? When when have you when have you de- you know taken the time to put that into your program? So. I'll kind of go like do a little, a lot, not a lot, a little, right? So spending that five to 10 minutes before every practice, before, you know, before every game and batting practice, um, before every off season time, honestly, just kind of like establishing those things every single day, rather than having like one big classroom session every Monday morning, right? Um, And I, kids probably get sick of listening to me for, for that many months. Um, and they'll get to the point where, you know, where I've coached a kid for four years and I'm talking about apes still, you know, and they're just like, probably like, you gotta be kidding. You know, like we understand what it is. Well, good. Cause I'm still going to talk about it. Cause it is like the, the fundamental basis. So um, I know that's not like a, a flashy answer of something, but truly just kind of laying out, you know, what are the main things that you want to establish within your program? What are the main things um, that you want to get across to, to your players? And just talking about them every single day um, and carving out time to do so, right? We kind of talked about practice planning. Um, it's on the top of our practice plan every single day of, of what we're going to talk about. Um, and it's, it's there for a reason. Um, you know, it's not like, oh, we just randomly came up with something. Um, so, so like, I'm, cause I'm just thinking like, you know, uh, you, you first take care of the program, you're talking about signal lights, you know? So like, that's, that's a time. So, and then you're going to get into above the line, below the line. Like, is that, is there like a progression? I know that you've kind of mentioned like a, I think a curriculum with people too, like with your mental performance. Um, is, is that like, do you have like a specific, you know, kind of way that you've kind of started? Cause I'm thinking, okay, I'm diving into signal lights. Am I going to stick with that? Or are you going to kind of, okay, here's a signal lights. And then we're going to dig into like, here's where our culture and like our player person, a student. Uh, and are you weaving all those things in there? Or are you kind of like making sure we get like one topic before we move into the next? Yeah. So if, if, I mean, if I were going in working with a, with a team, um, you know, first thing I would establish is that performance pathway, that leadership drives culture, culture drives behavior, behavior gets results. And, um, you know, have them just sit down and, and just work through, I mean, we already talked about what that process looks like, uh, but work through that, right? Um, and being able to establish, you know, a lot of the, the coaches I talk to or programs I talk to, when I ask them, like, do you have any core principles? and or core values whatever word you want to use um the answer is no right 
well, what's, what is driving your, your program, you know? Um, so being able to establish like, what are those, what are the things that we are going to be really good at? Um, and then, and then talk with them or even, you know, I've, I've talked with some, a couple of college coaches and I was like, Hey, do you have, do you have core values or core principles? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me pull them up on my computer. Uh, okay. You don't know them. Right. Um, so getting at something like Pete, right. Um, acronyms help. Um, maybe it's just like three words, but getting people to understand within your program, like what really matters the most. Um, so starting with those kind of establishing that, um, then we'll get into kind of the weeds of what does the, what does that program look like? Um, like on, like actually on the field. So, so then I would go, um, signal lights, um, when do we change from, from green to yellow um, within that body language focus and self-talk and getting them to be aware there and then start implementing some of those strategies. So the biggest strategies are our routines, right? So um, pre-pitch, pre-at-bat routines um, and when you're in that green light, yellow light routines for both of them. Um, once again, becoming aware of what those look like, practicing those. A lot of dry bullpens can, can help with that. Um, just, just walk up to a, a throw down plate and practice what that routine looks like. Um, so they can create consistency and comfort for themselves before they actually get into the box. Um, and then start having some of those conversations and, and even just you as a coach, right. Just kind of seeing who needs to do things a little bit better. Um, and then obviously you can, you can dive into all sorts of things within the mental game, but those would definitely be the two areas um, that, that I have started out in um, and, within, you know, my program and, and others that I work and, with. And you're, and you're charging them like the, like they said, like that first five minutes. And that's where we're just kind of a little bit always going to go over these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. So, and you said, you know, cause you're not doing like a classroom session and you might have a certain thing like, this is just kind of your daily practice. Like, well, when we practice, this is what we do. Yep. Yep. You know, I, I know some programs will have, you know, a, a classroom session. Um, sometimes that works better for colleges um, to have like a sit down because, you know, pitchers are working at one time, hitters are working at another time and just gym space, at least with the colleges that, that I've had a chance to work with. Um, but a lot of times, you know, high school, everybody, most high schools, not everybody, a lot of times they're, they're practicing together, right? They at least start at the same time, right? There's a point where they come together um, if they had some really work. So um, you you usually get a chance to have everybody together at that same time. Um, we we actually lift every morning, uh, you know, in season as well. Um, so nine o'clock we'll lift. That's a chance that, that I do have everybody together. So that could be something that we talk about um, at the time that we'll do some, some mental imagery or meditation as well. Um, I know uh, Coach Schiedinger's done a, done a nice job of, you know, making that a little more mainstream as well. Um, it's not like this taboo thing uh, right. going through. But, but that, you know, you talk about like things that you can get to, um, you know, within some of those routines, you know, having kids be able to taking them through a meditation, you know, just breathing, deep breathing exercise, and then, and then have some of that mental imagery. So, um, 
the, the idea behind that is hopefully that they are able to see them see the see themselves perform the way they want to before it actually happens, right? So if you do some of that on a game day in the morning, hopefully that they've seen themselves be successful, you know, three, four, or five times in their mind before they even get to the to the ballpark for for the game that night. So um, I don't see any negative uh, aspects to to seeing yourself perform well. <laughs> Not for sure. Visually, I, and I think honestly, people do it more than they think. Um, I remember the realization me uh, me diving into it was like I was like, oh man, I, I I know I did this as a as a as a player, you know, shortstop or you know playing defense. You, you saw yourself making a diving play here. You saw making yourself here, um, and I think people just naturally do it. They don't realize, but then you don't realize like you could practice those things, you know, especially now with you know iMovie and how you can make little highlight films. Like you could see yourself making great plays a lot all the time, uh, and that could definitely be part of that, you know pregame routine and um and things like that so it couldn't be part of like a, a red light routine <laughs> honestly you know if, if you're a, if you're a coach it's okay with ha- you know having phones in the dugout watching them if you're you know if you can manage that the right way but um cool. you know you know that's a that's a really good point uh, that that you made that you know as a player you did some of these things and i think that's really important for coaches to know because i was the same way right i just at, when when i first heard about it i was like oh i kind of did you know, I kind of stepped out and took a breath when things were speeding up on me. But what, what this allows you to do is at least have a process to, to work through it with your players, right? And, and allow them to be aware long before I ever was, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think when you first start talking about it with players, they're going to be like, hey, I do do some of this. That is awesome. Let's just do it, be more consistent with it, right? And it's okay to, to call time take a step out to, to gather yourself, like, and take a deep breath and make sure that you are in control of yourself before said pitch. Like some of those things are okay. Um, but, but they, they will have some of an understanding of, of that as well. So that's a great point. Yeah, for sure. So coach, we dove into a lot of those things. Um, just, I guess, foundational, like mental game stuff too. And, and I know part of the mental game too, is also having a process. And you kind of talked about quality bats um, just looking at the things, I mean, especially taking a program over right away, you know, uh, and that's the challenges of having a staff and things like that. Like what, um, kind of process stuff do you do? Like either your in-game, uh, that you're looking for, like you like I said, you mentioned quality at bats. Um, you know, are there other processes, you know, like you said, you don't waste your time on things that you can't control. So what processes are you kind of focused on and what you, what you felt was like most important for your team, uh, when you took it over? Yep. So, I mean, honestly, this is probably gonna be pretty basic as far as the things that we chart. And so yes, quality at bats. Um, Another one that we chart are hard hit balls. So um, we, in the end game, um, I just use this, this idea of three to eight and there's different charts out there, but uh, a one or two is going to be a ground ball that hits in front of the pitcher's mound. A nine is a routine fly ball to the outfield and a 10 is a routine fly ball to the infield. And we're trying to stay anywhere between three, which would be like a ground ball past the pitcher's mound, and an eight, which is a line drive off the wall. And we, so we will, we establish this with kids, um, you know, in the off season with hitting, um, you know, during BP, we'll make them call out what number it was. Honestly, the numbers are kind of irrelevant. Um, you know, if they're like, don't get caught up on if it was a three or a four or a five or a six or a seven or an eight. But what it does allow us to do is 
you know, our three hole hitter, he was, he was at his best when he was hitting sevens, sevens and eights. Right. So like, let's see, let's see how hard we can hit, you know, hard line drives into gaps and off the wall. Um, you know, other guys, they're at their best when they are a three or a four, you know, when they're trying to hit a hard ground ball, you know, if we, we had a lefty, um, who got second in the state in the hundred meter bash, right. He's going to Iowa to play football. Like we had a lefty and he was really, really tough to get out when he hit a three or a four in the five, six hole. Like it was pretty hard to get him out, like getting them to understand like what works best for them and then get really good at that. Right. Um, so we don't get into like, that is our like, um, generic approach to like launch angle right like yeah. we're not we're not gonna like get caught up in like you know 15 to 20 degrees and etc but you know what works best for you and then let's get really good at that um so we do chart like hard hit balls you know and we use that eight and then on the pitching end we're looking at first pitch strikes um overall strikes um and then quality innings so um, we still go 13 pitches or less um per inning or one two three inning I know some college coaches I've talked to, that number is 16. 16 pitchers or less is what they've kind of found in college. I could probably change mine for high school as well. You know, maybe closer to 15 pitches an inning. That's still a pretty good inning. Uh, actually, a really good inning. Really good. Um, yeah. So, you know, I should probably, honestly, should probably change that now that we're talking. <laughs> um, so we, we just kind of keep them within there. Um, and then once again, those are just really good conversation pieces to have. Um, with kids and and as a coach you know we'll chart especially on the offensive side we'll chart every hard hit ball every quality at bat during practices leading up to that first game and it doesn't fail every year as I'm trying to make out that lineup for for game one who do who do I put eight nine you know or like it could be eight nine ten eleven twelve I got five guys for two spots um you know, obviously there is the eye test, but this also gives me some information to, to add to it. And then also have that conversation. You know, if I'm meeting with you, Trey, you know, I'm going to go with somebody else. Um, you know, your quality at bats were at 47% and hard hit balls are at, you know, 42 and it just didn't meet where we were. So, um, yeah, as far as end game, those are, um, we, we do get, I guess I'm going to say pretty generic. I know, I know others, um, you know, chart a lot more. Um, but those are the things that we focus on. I mean, I, yeah, and that's why I think the money too, where where people could where we could help is how do you increase a player's first pitch strike percentage? It does not doing very well. You're having that conversation with them, like, hey, this is why you're not getting your inning. How do you try to simulate a first pitch? How do you help them get better at that? Yeah, so we'll kind of go. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have my pitching coach go with them. Um, um, you know, and, into the bullpen and like, what pitch is, is it? Maybe it is like a get me over curveball. Like maybe that's, that's the pitch that works really well. Um, maybe we're throwing too many off-speed pitches to start and we're getting behind. So kind of establishing like, what is that go-to pitch? Right. And like, so is it a fastball, uh, in the one zone is a fastball in the three zone, you know, in or out, um, you know, just kind of establishing like, what is that pitch for them? So then my pitching coach will, will really be able to establish that with, with said pitcher and, and be able to help with pitch calling as well. Right. So that's one that has been beneficial. 
of just like, what are they comfortable with? Not that we get in a routine that that's what they are going to throw every single time, but, um, but it does um, at least give them, give us a little bit of information of what they're comfortable with and what they might go to in, in that situation. Um, and then just kind of keep charting like, and, but, and maybe some guys are, you know, their, their first pitch strikes aren't very good, but, uh, we, we do keep a three P as well. I know that was one that Justin uh, Deemer and I came up with. Um, so after three pitches, um, what, uh, you know, are, is the ball in play or is it a one, two count, right? So if you're struggling with first pitch strikes, um, if you're struggling with first pitch strikes, are you able to come back on pitches two or three? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that definitely the, the one thing on that, that first pitch strike is, is having that conversation with a player um, and getting to know what works well for them. That's great. Can you, um, so like I said, you, you created the A3P with Justin. Um, so just diving a little more of that chart, um, what you guys have seen with that chart, you know, a lot of people are doing first pitch, first, you know, first three strikes, um, first three pitches, I should say. But yeah, A3P meaning after three pitches, right? And you're, I guess the goal, the goal is to have the bat over in three pitches or get into a one, two count. Correct. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, our biggest thing was like, how efficient can we be? Um, with our guys, right? And I don't know what it is everywhere else, but um, a pitcher can have 110 pitches in Iowa, right? Um, and then you are done. And um, so how efficient can we be? You know, if we, not that we have guys go 110 all the time, but, you know, being able to to get ahead, stay ahead um, is definitely a, a key success. So it's something super basic to be able to take a look at, you know, same thing. Are we getting that first pitch strike? And if we're not, can we flush that away and get locked in for the next two pitches? Or, um, you know, are we, uh, are we either ahead? Are they putting the ball in play? Um, and just kind of keep that, that game moving as well. It helps defensively. So we're not just kind of sitting around, um, just trying to be efficient in, in, in on the zone. So it was something that, um, we saw as a, as a definite need, uh, within the program at that time. And, um, it's definitely been beneficial, uh, you know, even years later. Well, what, what kind of, uh, like success, right? Like data do you have on it? Like what, like you have certain goals or certain. Yeah. So, so we, we, uh, shoot for two out of three. So 67%, typically like quality at bats, perhaps 60%, uh, A3P, we found that that two out of three, 67% is, is our number that we want there. Um, there's 67% of the at-bats that you faced, right? The at-batters that you faced were at less than three pitches. Yeah, correct. You got correct. these things done. You either put in play or you got into a one-two count. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, actually, we've broken that down of, you know, our, our first pitch strikes, um, where we want that to be right, right at that number, you know, 60%, 67%. Um, we'll even look at, like, after the first two pitches, um, we want it to, we want at least one strike in the first two pitches, 90% of the time. Um, and then, you know, if we get back to that A3P, um, you know, are we, are we essentially staying ahead, you know, 67% of the time? Um, cause if we go back to that, uh, you know, quality inning being, I'm going to stick with 15, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. a good inning, you know, essentially like after, can, can we keep an at bat to, to five, 
right? And if we can do that every time, we're getting pretty deep into a game. Um, but you know, if we keep going full counts every single time, we're just you're not gonna you're gonna get four or five innings out of a guy, maybe. Um, which is okay, you know, maybe maybe you're a big strikeout guy and that happens, but um, yeah, just trying to be more efficient, um, especially once with when the pitch count um, situation came in. Absolutely, no, it's 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 definitely important because like pitch count, it's uh, it's very it's it it has changed it changed the game in that way where you know like you're just trying to make sure guys are more efficient, like you said. So it is for me. It's always like, okay, how can I? help that guy get better at that you know like it's great that, that we know yep like this is great like we know that where you're at and how do we help them develop those things and um i guess it goes back to what you were saying about uh, what is a pitcher really good out good at and then we just need to you know kind of back you know keep keep working on that getting in the bullpen and keep focusing on those things so they can get better at them right easier said than done right it, correct <laughs> <laughs> correct for sure. Oh, A3P. So that's great. Yeah. I love, I love A3P for when the, when the first three men. It's great. Um, great stuff, man. Um, what a, when you took over, I know you mentioned about the, the, the culture and things like that. We'll kind of start wrapping things up here. I just think from a bigger standpoint, like when you looked at the vision, you kind of came from a, a, a a program that was nine out of 10 state finalists, um, you know, the 88 game win streak, you know, a lot of success, you know, so like when you're putting together the vision and the mission for your new program in this culture, you know, what was your vision? How did you sell it? How are you getting guys to get on that and get on that, get on your bus? Yeah, no, great question. Um, so ultimately a kind of reverse engineer that, right. So, our vision, um, ultimately, and this is, I mean, every single year is to prepare our guys for success in life, right? So that is ultimately the end of the road of what we want our kids to do and what I want them to get out of baseball and, and playing for me in the summer. And, um, and then I'll reverse engineer that back into the present moment. So kind of stepping back, um, right? That next step would be, I, I want you to graduate from Indianola. After that, okay, um, along the way, let's try to win a state championship. I'll, the next one down, I have uh, go to Principal Park, which is our, the, the Iowa Cubs uh, AAA team here in, um, in Iowa. That's where we play our state tournament, the Principal Park. Like, let's just get to Principal Park. And then, you know, after there would be a win a sub-state, right, which would, would get us to that point. Um, host and win a district. So we were able to, to do that last year. Win our conference um, and then go 1-0 today. How do we go 1-0 today? We push the rock the next, 200, the next 200 feet, right? So get ourselves just that little bit better every single day. and. Um, we cannot win a state championship if we don't take care of today. You can't graduate from Indianola if you don't care, take care of today. We can't. It's, it's tough for us to, obviously, as, as a coach, I'm trying to prepare you for success beyond, you know, beyond baseball, um, just in life. 
I can't do that if I don't get you better today, if I don't invest in you today. Um, so, so kind of like, okay, this is the stair step, but ultimately it's coming back to, you know, pushing the rock the next 200 feet day in, day out. Um, and once again, you know, year two, I think kids do understand that. Um, you know, if we get swept in a double on, on Monday, uh, we got a chance to, to put that in the past and either come out and play a game Tuesday or, or get better at practice. And it's, hey, that's all right. That's part of the process. Let's, let's see what we can do. Or, or the other way, right? You win uh, two big games, um, do the same thing. Uh, we got to start back at square, at, at square one and, and continue to get better. So it's just but kids, they, kids, kids understand that, you know, they, they, they truly do get that, um, but it's having those numbers. Right. And so I guess I, uh, a question for me is one is uh, something you came out the gate right away saying we're going to win a state championship. Like that's the goal. The goal is to be, to be here. Like what if, what if a program like, is it winning one? And I guess you just have to have a feel of where your program is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I could be wrong in saying this. Um, I mean, there obviously are going to be some programs that, that don't stand a chance, but like at the beginning of the season, isn't that everybody's goal? You know, and, and, and if it's not, I, I don't know. I'll just kind of leave it at that. But I think that's everybody's goal is to win a state championship. Um, the importance of breaking it down is it's everybody's goal. Like everybody has that same goal. So how are you going to get there? Um, so, yes, I mean, that is definitely the, the carrot out there. Um, is it more realistic for some teams than others? 100%. Um, but it's not this like taboo thing that we never talk about, you know, winning a state title. Like, no, it's out there, you know, and that's definitely something that we're striving for and something that we, we ultimately would want to get to. Um, so we'll talk about it. Absolutely will. And, you know, especially when um, I feel like we can over the next couple of years, we can definitely get to that point um, at Indianola that I was at Martinsdale, but, you know, it was something that, you know, kids were talking about already at Martinsdale every single year, you know, we get to off season. I mean, they're talking about winning a state title. That's awesome, guys. That's absolutely awesome. And I, and I want you to have those, those high hopes, that the high vision, let's not forget how to get there. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that's the importance of, of that stair step approach that I kind of broke down earlier. Of, I want you to be thinking about being uh, successful and being the best that you can possibly be. Now let's put in the work to get there. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, you know, but once again, everybody has the same goals. Um, let's just get really, really good at what we do. How, and so I guess just wrapping things up, I guess let's go through this from like a staff standpoint and like, you know, you're, 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 you're having to put together a staff and, um, is this something that they need to be uh, involved with right away? Um, getting on board with you know your mental game and, and how you got how you approach things your process uh, how do you get um a coach on it invested into that no that's a great question i was um i was really really lucky um because i had one paid assistant at martinsdale um and then i had a a volunteer um, and those two guys uh, came with me to Indianola. So I, I was very fortunate because I was able to coach with them, um, you know, previously. But at, but at some point, they had their first year with me, right? And I, I go back to that first conversation I had as a, 
as a 20 year old coaching with, with Justin Deemer of like, I was truly drinking from the, from the, the fire hydrant. Right. And, but that was the best thing that I, that possibly could have happened to me because um, it was new information. It sparked my interest. And then they start, I started learning as he was implementing it within the program within that year one. So I've honestly kind of taken that same approach of, I'm going to give you a lot of, lot of information on the get go. And then let's coach that first year and kind of see, um, you know, how it all plays out and what, and what it looks like. So um, luckily my first year at Martinsdale, I had two guys that had kind of gone through that process, if you will. Um, and then another assistant, um, our pitching coach, that was his first year with me. Right. And kind of treated it the same way of like, we, we talked about like what some of this stuff would look like in the processes. Um, but he's now seen it throughout the full year. Right. Um, the players have now kind of lived it and gone through a full year. So, you know, I'm super excited uh, about year two. Um, but if, if this is something that you believe in as a coach, if it's something that you are implementing as a coach, then you know it works. Um, and and getting the guys to be on board will come with kind of that last part of the results, right? Um, it helps players get on board. It helps the coaches get on board. And even if you, you know, let's say you end up 15 and 15, you're going to have some positive things along the way, right? You're going to have some positive results that you're going to see um, and know that, um, hey, maybe we need to spend some more time on something right on routines um when things don't go our way or whatever it just helps you plan for that next season um, which is something that I, I just absolutely love about coaching right we can always get better and um which is obviously why i met you at abca here um you know we're, we're just lifelong learners you know just trying to continue to get better absolutely you know absolutely Sergeant. Yeah, I love that. Oh, so let's say if someone wants to continue to learn more from you, what might be the best way for them to reach out to you, follow you, see what you're doing? Yeah, uh, so I do have a website, uh, just coachfitzpatrick.com. Um, that would be like more of the, the mental game aspect of it. Um, my wife might hate me, but uh, somebody is more than willing to, to call me uh, at any time. So I'll just give you my number. It's uh, 515-339-5490. Um, love to talk any time of about just the you know mental game about baseball, um, you know working with your program, whatever it happens to be. Um, absolutely love love it. You're on Twitter too, aren't you? Yes, uh, it is at Fitzpatrick underscore MP. Great stuff by Coach Fitzpatrick. And again, if you're looking for a way to implement a mental game, do a little bit a lot, just make it a part of what you do every day. This is a great, it was a great episode for that. It's a great learning part of that where not trying to do too much, just trying to make it part of his everyday practice, not having the classroom sessions, just like, nope, this is what we talk about every day. There needs to be some part of this every day. Um, from his ape talk to his signal lights uh, and being able to create routines and, and have a language all based around those things and that is where they're starting, uh, even from a culture standpoint, even from a culture, like what's your, what's your team look like? And the thing that they're trying to get, again, the common language and the common talks, the common vision that they're trying to incorporate is all just based off of this everyday practice, a little bit at practice. 
uh, and uh, of course finding what they need at that time. So, uh, really good information. Uh, we got the chance to talk more like this specifically than about the talk about charts, which is your processes, uh, and then kind of building that vision. And really coming down to the end of the day, that stair step approach. The first step is you got to take. You got to. You can't get to the state championship without winning today, without winning the pitch, and um, just loving that uh, reverse engineering that he did. Uh, again, if you're not following him, follow him at Fitzpatrick underscore MP. Uh, his website is CoachFitzpatrick.com. Both are great ways to reach out to him, check out what he's doing, and. Again, Coach, can't thank you enough for what you did. Can't thank those many pros guys for sponsoring us and uh, helping get the message out as best we can. So if I can keep doing anything for you, just let me know. It was great seeing guys, and uh, appreciate all the feedback we got from the ABCA. It was awesome. And I continue to let us know how we can get better. And until next week, keep getting better. <laughs>